Brethren, be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, who according in God is created in justice and holiness of truth. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak ye the truth every man with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your anger. Give not place to the devil. He that stole, let him now steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good, that he may have something to give to him that suffereth need. And a continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. At that time Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son, and he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell them that were invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come ye to the marriage. But they neglected and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the rest laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contemptuously, put them to death. But when the king had heard of it, he was angry, and sending his armies, he destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The marriage indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, call to the marriage. And his servants going forth into the ways gathered together all they found, both bad and good, and the marriage was filled with guests. And the king went in to see the guests, and he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how camest thou hither, not having on a wedding garment? But he was silent. Then the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far the words of today's holy gospel. Please be seated. couple things I wanted to thank you all for uh, the good show up we had yesterday at Planned Parenthood. It was very well attended. Thank you all for coming. Um, we did very well for our first year uh, participation in the 40 Days for Life. Those of you who are able, you might want to put two more dates on your calendar. On the 31st, which is also a Saturday, the homeschool uh, families will be outside of Planned Parenthood and to boost their numbers if you want to you can um, come along that day too There's, there should be sign up sheets that can be passed around after mass to sign up if you're interested also the day before on the 30th which is a Friday uh, St. Martha's will be doing uh, their day of participation in the 40 days for life and it would be good to help them out as well so if you would like to come on that Friday, or if you're able to, uh, that would be great too. Also, uh, this Wednesday, uh, the bishop will come to do the confirmation for uh, several of our children at 6.30 p.m. So if you're able to make it, uh, that would be great.
There's also a potluck dinner after, a potluck lunch after Mass today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. If we observe our Lord throughout the pages of Scripture, we notice that often it is that our Lord is face to face with severe sin, and he doesn't react to it. So we have the times when he ate with sinners, and the Pharisees were complaining. The time that he ate with Zacchaeus, the time that he ate with uh, Matthew, who would become St. Matthew the Apostle. He permitted the Magdalene to wash his feet. There's another incident where he's teaching in the temple, and they brought in a woman, and they throw her on the ground at his feet, and they say, Master, this woman was just now caught committing the sin of adultery, and we're supposed to stone her, or what do you say? And our Lord bends down, and he starts writing on the ground. And they keep nagging him. So finally he gets up, and he says, Okay, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And then he bows down again and keeps writing on the ground. And one by one, they all leave. And finally, our Lord stands up again and he says, Woman, where are they who have condemned you? Has any man condemned you? And she says, No man, Lord. And he says, Well, neither will I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And this, all through his life, forgiving the biggest sins all the way up to his death, where he turns to the good thief and he says, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now our Lord is our Savior, but he is also our teacher. And he didn't need to teach us that these sins were bad, because we already know those sins are grievous. He needed to teach us in the mercy of God. And that's why he did. That's why the he acted the way he did. However, there are some sins that we don't think twice of. And those particular sins, our Lord comes down and condemns with the most severe language. So in the next few sermons that I give, I'm going to talk about four of these. The four which I have pinpointed. The first would be scandal. The second, hypocrisy. The third, disrespect for the house of God. And I'll leave the best to last. So today I'm going to talk about scandal. We don't think much of scandal. We think, especially when we're giving the scandal, that this is our life, not our problem, what other people think of us. They shouldn't be paying attention to us in the first place. We should do whatever we feel like. But our Lord takes scandal seriously. He says, Woe to the world for scandal. From us needs be that scandal comes, but nevertheless woe to him from whom the scandal cometh. He says in Matthew chapter 18, He that shall scandalize one of these 
little ones that believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone should be tied around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. Scandal is a serious sin. It's defined a word or deed that is evil or seems to be evil that occasions the spiritual ruin of another. The spiritual ruin of another. So scandal is not just a shock or a surprise or a Halloween scare. It's not a raise of the eyebrows. It involves leading someone else into sin, cooperation with evil, enabling a sinner, the destruction of a soul's innocence. It's serious. Scandal has two sides, like the two sides to a coin. It's got, there's the scandal that we do, which is called active scandal. And then there's the scandal that someone gets because of our actions. And that's called passive scandal. And scandal is always a sin. Sometimes it's a great sin. Sometimes it's a venial sin. But it's always a, always a sin whether or not we cause scandal or whether or not we get scandalized in something. And there's different levels. So when we cause scandal, which is called active scandal, the least sinful would be when we foresee there are going to be scandal, but we don't intend it. So for instance, a mother is driving the children to school, and she's late, so she runs a red light. And there's Johnny in the back seat and he's scandalized that his mother runs the red light and then three years later when he gets his license he's going to run the red light because he says, well, mom did it, so, so can I. So she didn't intend to scandalize him. She intended to get to school on time. However, there was scandal involved. This is called indirect scandal. Then the next step, which would be a little more serious of a sin would be when we intend to scandalize someone we intend to make them sin either for our pleasure or to get something else out of it so the classic example would be sins of impurity done on the internet to make someone else commit a sin of impurity as well and then the third is always mortally sinful the third degree and that is when we intend to make someone sin out of hatred, out of spiritual hatred. That is called diabolical scandal. So when I was growing up, the neighbor next to the church didn't care too much for Catholics and didn't care too much for the Latin Mass. So he would turn on his lawnmower exactly at the time of the sermon. When the sermon started, the lawnmower would go on. And when the sermon finished, the lawnmower would go off. And here we are, first of all, we can't hear the sermon, and secondly, everybody's scandalized that the neighbor is working on Sunday. Until someone told us actually he wasn't working, he'd just run out and turn the lawnmower on and go back inside again. 
But however, that is diabolical scandal because you're making someone sin because you hate that person. And that is always a mortal sin. Now when we scandalize someone, it's required that we give restitution. That we make up for that scandal that we've caused. It might be something as simple as doing something uh, good to make up for the bad example that we gave. However, if we've purposely led someone into sin, we should make up for it. So if we've given bad advice, we should give good advice. If we've published bad books, we should stop them from circulating, and so on. The other side of the coin is when we receive scandal. That's passive scandal. And again, it has levels. The least simple is when someone has truly scandalized us and we got scandalized. So they did something to scandalize us and we got scandalized. That would only be a venial sin. The next level would be what they call scandal of the weak. And what that is, is the thing isn't really a sin, but we still get scandalized in it. So for instance, um, uh, for instance, a priest, we see a priest drinking a beer, just one beer. And he's obviously not drunk, he's just, this is, first he cracks the can open. Some people think that alcohol is evil, therefore priests should not touch alcohol. For someone like that to get scandalized, that would, there would no, be no sin there for them to get scandalized in. So it would be scandal of the weak. The next phase of scandal is when it's called pharisaical scandal. And that's where we go a step further and we make up a sin in order to be scandalized in that person. So, for instance, uh, someone accuses the Pope of serious sin because he's riding a Pope-mobile as opposed to the Seda Gessitoria. And they say, well, it's got wheels and he shouldn't be in there. He should be carried by other people in the Seda Gessitoria. So he's committing a sin for going in the Pope-mobile. Now, obviously, there's no sin there. But to accuse him of that just for the sake of causing scandal, that would be pharisaical scandal. So for a rule of thumb, you should avoid all cases of scandal. Even things that are good in themselves that could cause scandal of the weak should be avoided. Unless there's a good reason, then you can go ahead and do it. But St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 that, okay, idols are not real, so meat offered to idols, it's fine if you eat it. However, if someone's going to be scandalized that you're eating meat that has been offered to the idol, he says you should not do it. Even though there's no sin there, but just to avoid that scandal... You should not do it. And so he has a line that really comes down strong. He says that through thy knowledge shall the weak brethren perish for whom Christ died. And so you know that it's not a sin, but just because you know that it's not a sin doesn't mean that you should cause someone else to commit the sin of scandal 
for no reason. In Genesis chapter 9, we've just gotten past the flood. So Noah gets out of the ark and he lets the animals go and he offers sacrifice to God. The first thing he does is he plants a vineyard. Now this wine must have been pretty good because he got drunk. And he's laying in his tent naked, drunk. And he has three sons and Cam comes by and he sees his, his father naked in the tent, drunk. And Cam thinks it's a pretty good joke. He gets scandalized and he calls over his brothers and he says, Hey, look at dad. Dad's over here stone drunk and laying down naked in the tent. And his brothers, Sam and Japheth, go to the tent and they don't look at their father. And they take a, t- a blanket and they hold the blanket on their shoulders and they walk backwards into the tent with this blanket to cover their father without looking at him and then they leave. So Noah wakes up and Noah's not very happy and he curses Cam. And he tells Cam that Cam and later on the Canaanites who are descendants of Cam are the servants of his brothers and curses him forever and God recognizes that curse on Cam. We should take scandal seriously. We should try our best never to cause scandal because like St. Paul says, if we kill the soul of a child of God who Christ died for, on that last day Christ will curse us very much like Noah cursed Cam. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.